As I told you, insight, one of the I'll see last week, I'm not sure if you were, that what has that good side of that memory. Uh, things that will be helpful for you to have, uh, including the next card and the pen to write on it, whether it's just to doodling or to uh, let us know what you thought about today. Uh, secondly, a Bible if you have one, uh, the passages I'm talking from will be up on the screen. Uh, and, the, and the second thing I'm asking you is, for the ultimate invoke spirit of Galileo today. Now, uh, when I was sitting here, there's a science degree, mostly in math, because chemistry and physics had 50 lab hours and there wasn't enough time to find a card. The spirit of Galileo, the spirit says, what if the earth isn't flat? What if things are different? to how I think they are. That's the spirit of Galileo. What is it? And that's what this kind of, these three weeks of public readings that are used are designed to... Sorry. This week's public readings are designed to let us kind of hold up Christianity, hold up Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection, and say, what is this truth? What is not? It's okay to have those thoughts today. It's okay even if you're not a Christian to go, well, what is this truth? It doesn't make you a Christian if you just go, oh, it's true. Being a Christian is about being committed to following Jesus. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this thing, what is, what is God doesn't forgive everyone? What is God doesn't forgive everyone? Uh, I will give you something. In fact, you'll notice there's a free Wednesday, but I've got the other name of the thing. What if God is angry? What if God doesn't forgive everyone? Uh, and next week, what if heaven and hell are real? Do you believe that? It's the God that you think of 
whether you're a Christian or not, they think of God, they think of God as personal. The God of the Bible is gentle and personal. As Father, Son, and Spirit, there's relationship. And he's very tall. And he may ask, why should you look at this other? Genesis 1, from 6 and 27. We are made in the image of God. That's what we're made for relationship. For that's you too. Your relationship. Study the time. Study the time. Facebook is good, but it's not the same as a relationship. Well, that's not the same. What is God? What is God's office to give? So we're the men, when we say, you know, what is God's office to give us? Well, there's all sorts of buildings, kind of Christian and gardens there. Now, we know that people aren't Christians, they're talking about forgiveness, that's fine. But when we come to the India, when we come to the Bible, when we come to Jesus, forgiveness talks about forgiveness of sin. Ooh, he said sin. If you're not a Christian, there's this thing that the Bible calls sin. And, by creation, it's personal. And I'll say to you, imagine you are now. Okay, I'm likely at this point, although you could be in the air, something the same time. Imagine like, and you're waiting to your friend, you're waiting to your friend, you're waiting to your friend, and say, enjoy. Enjoy. That's a good thing to do. Well done, we're trying to say. Yes, I do. And you go out, you know what to do, what to watch, and you decide to share with people. And while you're away, your friends do exactly what you intended. They, in turn, are generous and good to you. Went to them for the world to bring it as you said to tell them. They were assumed you put in the cupboard, they put on party to slut. And tell you, know, the others may get all the carried away, and then people in the household, and, and when you show up, there's people everywhere, there's tracks of noise, there's people that, you know, they didn't really, well, you don't know, they have been invited to come and and they're creating the place that's yours that, that you made, that you built for nothing. Um, nine bolts in the bag. <laughs> They've done to the thing that is your very own, the very thing that you would never do yourself. They've treated your possessions like this. And so you walk into the party of the cabinet and no one knows you. You're not recognised in a place that is your very own. How do you feel at that point? How do you feel walking into the place that's your very own, that's been trapped, and nobody recognises you? That's the story of Jesus becoming man and coming to the world with you know. The essence of sin in the Bible that is forgiven in Jesus is that we treated God's world and God himself as if he wasn't there. Take it all the good, enjoy it, but enjoy it without sin. In fact, you're a Christian, you know this. You know that there was a point where you realized that you've not treated God like, well, like a God in really is. Like you may do, you offend your sin by your immorality. Now, if you know this, you can look at the donor and sin. It's not really so much about doing the wrong thing 
That's just a symptom of the disease that we talk to. Then she also summarized some people unfaithful in form. They're the things that fall out from ignoring the drug management that we belong. So who are? So we all say what if God doesn't forgive everyone? Because we've already brought you in the Christian world. If you're not a Christian, I just want to say that's okay for that. But if you do can't become a Christian, because that's what we want. We want you to find the forgiveness that God offers you. But just hold this up to the light. Hold up what you have to do out of your mind, and just kick it around in your head and see what you think. I'm going to pray if you actually look at the Bible, but I'm just trying to help us right now, that God will help us understand this passage and what it might mean if God doesn't forgive us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, created God, we ask you now that by your Holy Spirit you would help us to understand the words that you spoke. We well, thank you that we have uh, your words in the Bible, and we pray especially today that you would help us to understand what it means for you to have mercy, to have compassion, and yet not to forgive everyone. Give us reason and humility, God, uh, that we might be more like you. Amen. Okay, so if you've got that Romans 9, take and start seeing what the tradition we look at. It's Romans 9, 14. And the whole chapter of Romans 9 is built on this big question. Well, that doesn't seem fair. That just doesn't seem fair. And God doesn't save everyone. God doesn't forgive everyone. So I'm going to start the other end of the scale for a minute. And then see if I've got 9, 14 books. That's a couple. What can we say in here? God unjust. That's the question I'm asking. Is it, is it unfair if God doesn't forgive everyone? And you've got to feel that, don't you feel the way of it? If God made everyone, doesn't it make sense for him to show love to everyone? Oh, you know, you've got to be not the right way. You've got to feel the weight of this accusation that has Christianity. If God really made everyone, how can he send to his own creation to a place where they experience his anger and wrath? How can a good God do that? Perhaps it's a God to be a father and to discipline his children for their good, that's fine. But it's a whole different thing of physics for the God who made you to stay away from him. If you're a Christian, you're going to be ready to see your friend's face. Perhaps you're a Christian who feels with yourself. I think I'll say for yourself at this time, why is it that there are, other, there are people I know that don't have this stuff? Why doesn't God say to people I love? Why doesn't God forgive the people I care about? This is not just an intellectual question, although it is. But this is a question of the heart. How can God say he loves the world? How can God say he loves you if he sends people who don't have their own share? That's a big worry. 
Because he's off of Lovell, uh, instead of Lovell, he's being hit the telephone. Uh, Lovell's written a book called Love Winning. Uh, Lovell's a Christian guy who has kind of wandered away from what the Bible says about this. Out of a desire to see God as a loving God, a whole His book, Love Winning, is really great, and it comes from a place where we want God to be loving. And so when we say, what are you saying about God? You've got to decide where you're going to get your information. Lord God has decided that the God you believe in is the God that he wants to believe in. His final authority on what sort of God he's going to believe in is a God really of the human It's not the God of the Bible. Now, what do we believe in the Bible? Well, that's God. It's a very good question. The prison might be standing on the prison of a man who said these things about God and has to claim to be God. Why do we believe the Bible? Because it's about this man, Jesus, who claims to be God. So when we're talking about the idea of why doesn't God forgive everyone, it comes down to the man, Jesus. So that's what the Bible says, it's about the heart of forgiveness. And they can give me Christian land. And I feel it wants to construct the Christianity. The way that God deals with sin is by painting it in the person of his son, Jesus. You know, there's all sorts of illustrations that work. There's a bushfire one where God's wrath is a fire, a right anger against those who ignored him. And on the cross, it's Jesus died. That burning happens. Not that burning, but which I would burn a place in a controlled way so that it can't be burned again, because that's how burning works. It's a one way reaction. You can't unburn something. Everything one at once. So at the cross, as Jesus is being punished by God for what he did not do, there's a place being burned that you can stand. And when the wrath that you deserve is taken by Jesus, there's nothing left for you to face. That's the goodness. Or you can think that, uh, you know, sin is the thing that is done wrong, the symptoms of ignoring what is written in the book. It's all written down, all the things that you've thought and done, and let's say that it's not a pretty book. Because the inside of your head and your heart is not a pretty book. This one is a pretty good one. You guys are pretty good. You know, you have to walk out and hold for you. They're selfish. They're unfaithful. They can't take that confidence. And you live in this world that God has made and we act like we don't need it. That's who we are by nature. But the question is why. Everything we were, everything we thought and done, and written down in the book. That's who this. That book stands as evidence in that stuff. Can you imagine for a moment having your thought life ready up before God? Oh, I don't want that to happen. But the Bible speaks of forgiveness is that everything I've said, thought, and done, and failed to say, and think, and do, although recorded and known by God, is washed clean 
and credited to me this dangerous life of taking time and doing everything that a person should do, mercy and humility, and care for others that outstrip care for them. I thought a lot of David did as you're reading the gospel, and I've searched for a book in the New Testament. If you haven't read that David's life, he's the thing, not David. His life is a life that we could not do. It's just interesting to see which part of the book. But uh, God doing for us something that we don't deserve. It's what, what we call mercy, compassion. And Romans 1 talks about it very clearly. That started with it, or there's that quote. The quote in the Old Testament is how God describes himself. Don't you don't know someone, so I don't know, I would ask the girl, I'm married, I've got three kids. You tell me what you're like. Oh, well, you know, I'm a bank, I'm angry easily. I like coffee, so I'm drunk in the morning, you know, I, whatever it is. The things that you say about yourself build up a picture of what you're like. The Bible is like that. It's what it builds a picture of what God is like. Through Genesis to Exodus, the whole, all the books of the Old Testament, the learning up to God has a man from Jesus. We build a picture of the plan of the beginning. Exodus 33, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I have compassion on whom I have compassion. What is God's life? What is God's life? Jesus is showing mercy. I don't really like mercy that much, particularly in one. I've got kind of a little bit, so I'm going to be playing with mercy with kids. I always like the back of the ground. But there's a kind of interesting. There's a kind of interesting to mercy. And someone has probably had mercy on you. If someone has shown you compassion that you really didn't deserve, you feel kind of pathetic. Yeah? You know what I mean? If someone has shown you mercy, you feel kind of pathetic because you didn't do it by your own effort. See the contrast here? If you've got that mercy and compassion, then getting forgiven is not a title depending on your own desire or effort. It's a moment. You can try to do something on your own kind of effort. But the Bible says, it's not what it's about. You can't undo what's been done in your relationship with someone God. You can't make good all the hurt that you've done. You can't go back and repair the one you've done. That's a noble thing, my name is Earl. That's a fine thing to do. But it doesn't undo the hurt. It's not really justice. So the question that Christianity holds up is how can God show mercy and still be just? How can God show mercy and compassion and still be just? You'll see that this is spelled out in the life of Sarah. Just remember this the story at the front end of the Bible. God saved his people out there. And here is it's just Sarah all the time, not really sure which one, uh, but Sarah is told that God raised him up for a purpose, that God might display 
the plan that we have. You see what the plan is there in the top paragraph? What is God's plan for what is true for the world? In that third and fourth line, that his name might be explained earlier. If someone asks you what's God doing in the world, he's proclaiming his name at all, yeah? God. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? And for some reason, Paul comes back to you, having mercy on him, he looks at mercy, and he tells him what's the heart. What do you do about God's name? That has to do with mercy. When you know that something's going to me, now, I have a son named Joshua. His middle name is like Samuel and Scott. Um, Scott was my grandmother's maiden name, I think. And now we live, but I give my grandfather's middle name, and Joshua's middle name. My grandfather's middle name is like, Next 
So what is it that comes here? What is it? It's the kind of heart of the gospel. The heart of this interest in which God doesn't say everyone. And the best way to look at it, I'm convinced, is by looking at what happens on the cross as a moral answer for what it is. Now, it would make sense to read the paragraph first, to get it in your head. You'll see that there's a question posed, what is God did this thing? There's a question mark halfway down. The second half is the purpose for honor. What did he do? Why did he do it? I'm going to start with the why, because I think it makes sense of what he did. So I'm going to start with the way he did this. What did God do this thing? Whatever it is. To make the riches of his glory known to the object of his mercy. What is the thing that God did in showing mercy and choosing people to be his? What did he do this to make a riches of his glory known to the object of his mercy? What does that mean? And if whatever this thing is that God did, it's an act of mercy. It's something that he didn't have to do. Like a spiritual connection, the God of mercy, and compassion. And God, he does more than we deserve. Who did he do it to? Objects of mercy. What did he do? He made a riches of his glory now. It's the same as making his name proclaimed throughout the earth. He let people know what a great God he is. So what is the thing? What is the thing that shows people what God is really like. What is the thing when mercy is done most clearly? And the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. I think that's what the what is he's talking about. What is God at the cross chooses to show his wrath as the punishment did and make his power known his ability to defeat sin and evil and death. When he held back the punishment that was rightly due to all those who turned away from him and poured it out on this circle of patience. God was patient. You know, if there's a meaning to this, you know, when you do the thing, you get flat. But a patient God, a patient God works. Why would God do that? Because he wants to have mercy. And he did this for everyone, not just to people from the Old Testament, not just the Jews. For everyone might see what a great Christ he is. You see the words that are in that what is question? Wrath, power, patience, and mercy. They are the words that that describes what is happening on the cross. God is showing justice, his wrath, his power in defeating evil and death and creating a new life of Jesus' life. God is showing his patience in not giving us what we deserve to save life. And God is showing mercy by giving his son in place of people who have turned away from him. God is ready to show mercy. The picture that begins in the Old Testament and continues all the way up and through Jesus is a God who, when his people call on him, 
to always show his mercy. There's never a time in scripture when, when God says, cry out to him, and he responds with wrath and no mercy. God never judges his people, but every time there's judgment, there's mercy. We're built to clash the justice. We want justice. You want justice. You want to be rewarded for what you do. You want endless brevity to cover. You want those who've done wrong to be punished. It's not you. I suspect it's your last name. I'm quick to identify the new justice against me. I'm far less quick to identify the things that I've done wrong. What if God doesn't say to anyone? Is that unfair? Is that unjust? How would the, uh, how would that be about two days, or two days on that, instead of the coffee? This is a hard question, I reckon. Because it asks you whether you really believe that God can do anything wrong. That's not a product, that's God. Has the right to make out of what he's got, and what it's with. Some on the cloud, some follow the special purpose of the time coming in. Some are half the first In those cases, God declares something, simply to destroy it. And not just an inanimate lump of cloud, but a person made in time. Is that a special thing for God? For a good God? For a just God? A fair God? That's the question I ask you. I'm saying that. So the person who trusts James, the person who reads the Bible, you have to stand on how it's got. So you can read this and say, well, that's pretty unfair, isn't it? Is that unfair about you? Is that really <coughs> want you to be in relationship with him? Look at the cross. His son died for you. That's what they did at you. Romans 9, the chapter that this chapter comes from, the following is undividable by Romans 10. Uh, and in Romans 10, it's made very clear that what happens as this news about God is made known is that people have the opportunity to turn and to do the subject. Now, today, you have the opportunity. You have been presented with, I hope, a perfectly clear explanation on this news about Jesus, that although we belong to God, made by God, we've turned away from Him, and yet He's ready to forgive. So much so that He would expand His son for you, punish Jesus instead of you, and give Him a life that's right for the And that's how much God gets for you. Will He turn to Jesus? What would stop you following Jesus? What would prevent you from asking Jesus for forgiveness today? It's okay to have an answer to that question, by the way. If you're asking that are standing in the way of you trusting Jesus, examine them. But it says, if there's no obstacle to you turning to Jesus and saying, I've realized that I've offended the God's name. I've realized that God is offering me mercy. Today is the day. Now is the time to turn to God and say, I'm sorry, put it back in the family. 
If I had an intellectual objection to the gospel, if I had to not know anything about Christianity before you start something then, remember the disciples? Jesus said, follow me. And that's it. Jesus said, the first thing of the first the first three gospels, the first thing they said is, repent, turn around, follow me. This is the call of Jesus to you today. It's fine to ask about what that people haven't heard, what about this intellectual objection. Take them down, get the lessons that they deserve. But today, you've heard. Romans 10 says, for the Christians here, Romans 10 says, people can't turn to Jesus and ask him about it. I mean, it's going to make an issue, it's kind of the purpose, right? Keep asking your friends what they think about Jesus. Okay, it's okay, you don't have any answers straight away. But if you know the mercy and compassion of God, if you know that your friends are facing the possibility of not being forgiven by them, pray for them and ask them what they think about them. Ask them what's stopping them. You'll get some good conversations and life will be comfortable after that. But life for those who follow them is fairly all that because you continue to go on through the world. And the moment I'm going to say a prayer, it's a prayer for people who want to start trusting Jesus. Friends, Jesus, sorry God for ignoring you, please forgive me, and give me the new life of Jesus. And you're saying you're the same thing out loud, you're not ready to do that today, that's fine. You can do it when you go home, you can do it on the bus, you can ask one of your friends to do it with you because they can like to have someone there with you. If you're a Christian, already that's beautiful, you know the mercy and compassion of God. Please spend this time praying for those who you know who do not know the mercy and compassion of God. Before we pray, I want to give a quick tour of where we're going. We started by thinking about what God doesn't forgive everyone. We can't understand the question in that we assume that there's a God and we assume that there's a God. That is the God of the Bible. What would it look like if God didn't forgive anyone? Well, there'd be no justice. What would it be like if God forgave everyone? There'd be no justice. A God being really God can have mercy on anyone to have mercy. Who do you think? He doesn't teach kids who try hard to show effort, but he just teaches people. How do you know to go to? Let's put our hands. How many of you ever had like a, uh, a world vision kid in sponsored on your family phone? Never? No. It's not a good question. How do you teach that though? Think about how you chose that though. You know, I don't set my mind and say, um, I want to do this with you. And, you know, it is with you. You didn't really, you didn't really know how you chose this, did you? You decided you want to do this loving thing, this merciful thing, and you just kind of, you learned about it, and then you just decide. How did you choose to play the different organizations? It's a lot like you choose. It's an imperfect analogy, right? The thing we know about God is that He does 
things to Christ's people. Working by what? So not to have anyone. He's drawing to do what he wants. And in his mercy, he sent his son to die for you. I just let that down through his The God he made you is a mighty to death and sent his son to die instead of you. That's the mercy of God. It's not an idea. It's a man hanging on the cross in place of people who are wrong. That means what is God against you. And in some way, that even in judging those who turn away from God, that God is changing for us, that God does punish wrong, and at the same time shows mercy. I'm your father, and I love your faith. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you made us. And so we belong to you. We know that we haven't lived that way, and we're sorry for living in the world is made and saving your disobedience. Thank you for Jesus, who is very, very God, came to this earth, became man like us, and lived a perfect life of love, following you in a way that we don't come. Thank you, Lord, for being beside us. Thank you that there is took the punishment that we deserve. Thank you that you rose from the dead to a new life. Just saving death. We pray that you would forgive us, Lord. Help us to trust Jesus. Today and every day until he returns. We pray, Lord, for those who know and love who do not know you, that you might have mercy on them. We pray for our university, our city, our families, and our friends for this broken world, that you would continue to show love and mercy for your son and for your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.